What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're talking superheroes, movies, TV, video games, action figures, anime, cartoons, and more. I'm Lauren St. Victor. We got Jack Walker Pearson, Richard Wilson, Christopher St. Victor. We were geeks before being geeks or cool. Just a bunch of guys who forgot to grow up. Gentlemen, this is my favorite day of the week. I love recording with you guys. What have you been up to? What's your week been like? What are you reading? What did you pick up? What are you watching? What are you playing? So for the first time, I was traveling this past week. So the first time I got a chance to read, which was cool. So I read um, Caught Up on The Walking Dead, Caught Up on Some Invincible. And then I went and actually bought... I'm showing sure oh. the Battle Cat. Nice. Cat. So uh, I forgot which show it was. Maybe two shows ago, I showed off the He-Man and the Skeletor. Yeah. So now I have the battle cat for the He-Man. And the battle cat wouldn't be alone without, uh, <laughs> without the Panther uh, skeleton oh, okay. cat. So if you guys yeah. on the audio can't, obviously you can't see, but I'm holding up the Masters of the Universe, the 2021 line. Um, not the not the, not the the Netflix uh, shows, but the retro toys of the battle cat and the Panther because, uh, Panther, because I have uh, Skeletor and He-Man. So now they will be upon their mighty cats. Yes, Chris. That's a dope pickup. Target, right? Battle Cat is Target. The Panther is Walmart. Both are twenty four ninety nine. Nice. They're going to compete over which one gets to sponsor us. Go ahead. Fight it out. Yeah, fight, fight it out. out. Hey, <laughs> we'll take them both, both sponsor. Yeah, we'll take both the money. <laughs> All right, Jack, what you got? All right, so I've been... Uh, so I've watched a couple of things and I read a couple of things. I watched Ice Road last night, which I don't know why. <laughs> I knew what I was going into it. Yeah, it's Liam Neeson. So how do you I couldn't get through that. Oh. Yo, man. Which which leads me into the other thing I, I watched. Combat's a bit of a pet peeve of mine. It's like uh, sometimes I feel like I'm a connoisseur of good combat. For you so guys that don't know, Jack Walker Pearson not only is uh, trained in stage combat, but he also taught stage combat at schools like Purchase and Juilliard. Just wanted to throw that out there for those that are listening. Keep going. So I got to think about combat in films. So the other thing I watched is this uh, is the finality of the series that's been going on since 2012. It's called Ruroni Kinshin. It's a Japanese set in like rural Japan, ancient Japan times. Yo, the combat in this film is sick. It is sick. You guys want to see some good katana combat? Watch Ruroni Kinshin. It's on uh, Netflix right now. You might you're gonna miss the first three films, but you jump right in, man. The combat is just that dope. It's like John Wick with katanas. Ooh, nice. Sold. It is subtitled, Lawrence. So Uh-oh. maybe not. <laughs> I don't job. like to read. <laughs> Why you make me read? Speaking <laughs> of reading, I'm reading the uh, Snake Eyes comic oh. book series. That's Ooh, out right that's now. cool. So we're yeah. on the fifth issue right now. Is that Boom? No, it's IDW. Oh, okay. But the fourth comic book, something crazy happens. I won't give it away. It's a spoiler. It's a big spoiler, but it's worth getting to the fourth comic to see what happens. I I will say that there's an introduction made by a certain Marvel character we know, and he gives something to Snake Eyes, and it's very much worth that moment. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to have to jump into this. (laughs) 
I'll tell you guys when we're not recording. There it is. Rich, what's up with you, man? Listen, man, I'm just living my life out here. Um, I mean, what I've been playing, what I've been watching, I've been getting on my Warzone all day. Well, not all day. Warzone and then Conan, Conan Exile. I got the uh, the expansion. Pretty dope stuff. What I've been watching, just been keeping up with my, my weeklies, my Baruto, mm-hmm. uh, next genera- uh, Naruto Next Generation. Yeah, I need to get up on that. People were hating on Baruto because he's a spoiled little brat, because he is. <laughs> but still, my man's getting new powers. He's 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 leveling up his his ninja skills. He has uh he has some he has some friends with him. They all out there, you know, putting in that work. Um, then I'm watching uh My Hero Academia. Y'all not watching season five of My Hero Academia? Y'all are bucking right now, all right? <laughs> all right, they are really you know, my man Midori is really really advancing out here. Some new things are popping up with his cork. Y'all really need to get into this. And um, yeah, that's oh, 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 Tokyo Revenger also. Last time I talked about it was like a few episodes back. I watched one episode. I'm now like maybe like six episodes in, and it's pretty interesting. It's like a time travel type of thing. But not like a physical time travel. It's a mental mind tra- time travel, excuse me. So this guy, he he pretty much goes back in time in, within his body at an earlier time when he was like in middle school. And he's trying to change a few events of uh, of, of a loved one dying. That's kind of a yeah. dope. That's a that's dope cool. premise. Yeah. yeah, so that's a dope premise. He's trying. He's trying to stop a few things happening that that happened in the future. That you know, people, you know, some people died and whatnot. And it's pretty dope so far. Like at first, I was kind of just like, "What's happening here?" But I'm like, "Ah, I like this." Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty dope. Pretty dope. That's cool, man. That's cool. For me, man, I I actually got some downtime this past week, so I've been watching stuff. I I watched Tomorrow War. Um, <laughs> we, actually, <laughs> we actually uh, might record that as a bonus episode, so I won't get too into my thoughts about it. But it was it was an interesting experience to say the least. I've been watching, of course, caught up on Loki. Right, watch Black Widow. That's why we're here. And I watched uh, an anthology movie series called Fear Street, part one and two. I don't think I'm the audience for this, but, but once I start a series, I got to finish it. I got to see how it plays out regardless. So that's the kind of person I am. Jack, there's two kind of people in this world. Some that can walk away, others that have to finish the series once they start it. And I am the same way. After you talked about it, I was like, let me watch it. And now I'm like halfway into the second one. I'm like, oh, why did I do this? But you can't, why but you I gotta watch this? it, right? <laughs> you gotta, you guys, gotta watch it. And why'd you jump in after you talked to him about it? Because I was I was curious now. Like, I want to see how bad it is. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like a train wreck, right? How bad was it? Yeah. How bad was it? It's, it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Like Chris just said, it's like a train wreck. You can't, like, it's like seeing an accident unfold. It's like you can't look away. You can't look but away. It's going to be bad. It's like, yeah. ah. And we got to watch ah. part three. Like, how can, at this point, we got to watch part three. Yeah. Yeah. It's the way yeah. it is. I do got some pickups, though. Um, Chris, you'll appreciate this. Let me see what you got. <laughs> I picked up mine. There we go. Man from Target. It's from the retro line. Um, it's pretty much exactly, I think Chris explained it in a previous episode. It's pretty much exactly how we remember it. Just much more posable, 
much more durable. I think this thing could take much more of a beating than our old figures could. It's not held together by rubber probably bands. Probably still that can't all. take an M80. Probably <laughs> still can't take an M80, but we'll, we'll try that out, Jack. I actually might return this, though. I'm going to return this. Why? Why? They have a re-release for 2021 with the yeah. original head sculpt of uh-huh. old figures. So you see how his head looks all weird, and it's it's a different head sculpt. They're bringing the old head sculpt back, and in that one, the sword is complete. It's not a half sword. It's what? a full sword that he can actually hold, and not this half stuff, which is cool. Mine is the same one. Mine's not the 2021 one. Nah, it doesn't have the... Uh, the new ones won't have uh, new for 20. I'm not the only one just saw that, right? <laughs> For those of you who can't see, which is everyone listening, we got Lawrence holding up his He-Man, and we got Chris right below him holding up his identical He-Man frame. We are cousins. <laughs> we are bound by blood. I also picked this up, Chris, just, you know, since we're going to just do the whole frenzy thing. I got my battle cat. Nice, nice. My retro battle cat, um, which is dope. Um, I'm going to unbox this. I'll put it on Instagram and put it next to the old school one that I have from the 80s. Oh, I was pretty torn with this line because, you know, they're coming out with the, the Revelations line from for the cartoon series. And that Battle Cat is like the size of this box. That's how big mm. the Battle Cat is. And they're coming out with their He-Man. So I was like, do I wait for that one or do I get this one? But I was or like, you just, or you can just get both. Ah, Chris. Are <laughs> you going to need to have an online play date with your kids? <laughs> oh, you don't think we have to have it already? <laughs> um, but in case I don't like the series, I would rather have figures that, you know, are part of my childhood than a series that I may like or not like. Um, of course, didn't you just get your original cat back? I did. So I'm going to do a comparison Instagram post. And I got my old He-Man, too. So you guys be on the lookout for that on the gram. Now we're going into one of my favorite segments. Jack, you got to hit me with the sound effects. Collector's Corner. That's to go first. I'm going to go Jack. first, all right? There you go. No, 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 no. I said I'm going first. Rich, you go first. Okay. Um, I picked up two of these bad boys, uh, My Hero Academia, to kind of keep going with um, Lawrence's gift. I need to get all the series. I have in my hand uh, McFarlane Toys Stain, and he is posable. He's awesome. Tongue sticking out. Got the katana, and my man is looking pretty dope. He's looking like a true villain that he was in the show. If anyone ever watched it, if you haven't watched it, you need to be watching it. But um, is yeah. such a, he's an amazing just, you know, the artwork on him. The, the, the creation of the way he looks is just so dope. Can you describe how he looks to us? I mean, he has his uh, flowing uh, pieces of bandanas and cloth. He has his katana. Uh, he has all of his blades upon him, his tongue sticking out. The savage look on his face, like he does in the, in the series, and yeah, he looks pretty, pretty dope. Twenty-two dope moving stuff. parts. McFarlane toys are pretty great, man. I'm telling Seven you, those articulation fun. points. But yeah, we're, we're fans of McFarlane, and we're not saying you have to sponsor us, but, but I you mean, can at least give us some toys. To talk you can about. give us some toys to talk about. <laughs> at the least, it's the least you can do. That's a dope uh, collector's item, Rich. That's dope, Jack. What you got, man? 
On this edition of Show and Tell at the Collector's Corner, I'm showing off my original Thundercats comic. Whoa. With the, obviously, it's the same characters from the movie, uh, a TV show. That's where the comic came from. And this bad boy, if it were graded at a 9.8, would be worth about 1200 bucks. Man, we don't need McFarlane toys. We got Jack, Jack. walking <laughs> sponsoring the show. You got to grade the thing and then sell the thing. That's dope. Chris, what you got? All right. So I was traveling. We, we shot that. I was traveling this week for, uh, and I actually stopped at my parents' house real quick. And you guys remember Ash Cans? Ash Cans? Yeah. It was like a comic book before the comic books came out. They called it the Ash Can. No. No? Okay. <laughs> so what, so I, for, I, now I know our listeners are screaming. So there's a story behind it, but there's a reason why it's called Ash Can. But what, before a comic book line would come out, sometimes they would release a mini comic book to kind of hype the, the, the release. Mm-hmm. So this okay. is the Ash Can for the Marvel 2099 series. Oh. I paid two I paid two dollars back in probably like 93, 94. So it's probably worth maybe two fifty now, but at the time <laughs> it looked, I don't know how much it's worth, but it, it it was cool at the time. So it was awesome. But yeah, that's it. And then I had a few others that I grabbed that were cool. Amalgam number one. Um oh, yeah. Amazon. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The uh, Wonder Woman and Storm yep. match. So so I remember we talked briefly about how comic books in the '90s were all about kind of like super uh, muscles and pouchy super, belts. Yeah, pouchy belts. And I only bought what I thought would be worth like a ton of money in the future. So I only bought special variant covers and special covers. So this is Magneto Zero, which I'm not sure even the storyline went anywhere. I never read it, but it looked cool, and I thought, okay, I would be rich with comic books when I was a kid. So I was gonna buy all, all the special editions. So it's just a few that I found that I thought were cool. But uh, yeah, I'll go into more. I'll, I'll I'll put up more on the gram because um, I have a, a pretty decent stack here of ones that I, found that, I, that I haven't seen in a while. <laughs> I love that. Um, my pick for Collector's Corner is actually a new edition. For those of you who don't know, I had a birthday last June, and Jack got me this dope gift. He grabbed this up for me. Oh, shoot. He got me the Future State comic book. Uh, I, I think this is, would this be like issue zero, Jack, or issue one? It'd be like issue zero, right? Actually, number NN. It's a free variant. The free variant um, on the cover, you got you know the, the future versions of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. You got Aqualad, uh, Jonathan Kent, Superman. Um, this is dope. It's so dope. Like I'm not gonna open it and read it, so I have no idea what's going on in it. <laughs> Wait for the trade. <laughs> Wait for the trade. But uh, he put it in this really awesome um, kind of like frame where you can hang it. And this is a great gift, Jackie boy. Thank you. I'll put this on the gram so you guys can see it. I've never seen a holder like that. That's that's really, really it's, nice. It's cool, right? That little guy is probably the most valuable out of the future state comics to, to drop. So keep it. Oh, oh, oh yeah. wait, wait. Did Jack, did Jack give me some money? And I didn't know <laughs> Jack's going to make you rich. Jack's going to make me rich. I'm so happy I didn't crack this open and like start thumbing through this. It's like, Jack, this is great. Like, why he put this in this giant plastic slab? Um, open it. Uh, I was just gonna crack this open. <laughs> Why'd he do that? Oh man, great, great items, gentlemen. Great items. 
Let's get into the news. (laughs) Guys, Witcher is coming and it's coming with a vengeance, man. We got the season two trailer, but we also got the animated trailer. What do you guys think about like the Witcher verse? So we're following different people in these things now? Yeah, I think the, the, the animated, right? It's like kind of a prequel, right? It's kind of like the guy who trained him, if I'm correct. I'm, I'm excited for, for season two. I wasn't too crazy about season one, to tell you the truth. I think uh, it was either towards the end or in the last season of Game of Thrones or around there. So I'm already like Game of Thrones is in my head and nothing is going to compare to Game of Thrones. And I wasn't prepared for Witcher. Like my aunt, who she read the book, she told me, you know, in the books, they're not supposed to be connected stories. They're actually short stories. And once she told me that, I understood the series. So I'm like, why is there no, why is it not connecting? Why are we just jumping forward in time? And she told me that I was like, okay, I get it. So now seeing season two, knowing that, and, you know, Sweet Tooth, I love the the lone wolf and cub story. And I feel like that's kind of what we're getting in season two with him and, and the girl and him protecting her. So I'm pretty excited for season two. What do you guys think? Season two looks dope. Excited for the animated series too. Like it, it all looks good to me. Yeah. I'm 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 ready for it. Let's go. Animated Let's series go. is fire. That looks dope. Yeah. That looks real dope. It took me two tries to get into Witcher. The first try I watched through the first episode, it kind of fell off. And then, uh, then I sat and I watched it pretty much throughout, like not one sitting, but like one set. I liked it. You know, I it's hard, um, especially with the with with the Game of Thrones comparisons. It's coming out Game of Thrones. You know, expecting that quality, that that level. It doesn't give you that, but it gives you something. It's good. Yeah, so, yeah I'll definitely watch it. Jack. Oh, it's definitely my content. I'm all over the thing. You love that source. I'll tell you. It doesn't, doesn't take much, man. <laughs> it was hard for me to get into it because Witcher 3, the game was so good that even just comparing season one to the game, I felt like it just wasn't hitting for me at first. But once I understood the books, I was like, okay, I, I, I can get with it. On Instagram, I put up a picture of the artist who's doing the Batman 89 comic. Of Marlon Wayne's, well, Tim Burton's version of Robin, who appears to be appearing in the comic. For those of you who don't know, Marlon Wayne's was cast to be Robin in Batman Returns. They thought that we had too many villains and too many characters. You got Max Shrek, Catwoman, Penguin. It's too many. We'll hold off on Batman 3. Cool. Batman Returns is too dark. (laughs) <laughs> to sell McDonald's toys to kids. Right. So Tim Burton takes a backseat. Joel Schumacher steps up and his whole vision completely changes, which leaves Marlon Wayans out as Robin, as well as Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. Marlon Wayans still booked the job, so he still got paid a hundred grand, even though he didn't work a day. And apparently he still got residuals. So nice. contracts, baby. Contracts, yeah. pay or play, baby. Contracts. Uh, he's part of a, he's part of like a pretty uh, famous, successful Hollywood family. So there's no way he was going to sign some agreement without like some really great eyes on it. So good for him. I would have loved to see his version of it, but Chris O'Donnell was great, and things happen beyond anyone's control. 
they wanted Holy to Holy rusted for. metal, Batman. Holy <laughs> rusted metal, Batman. The metal, it's rusted. I love that line as a kid. It's so good. Um, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale are reuniting for Batman, the long Halloween special. So apparently... I'll read this little thing right here. For almost three decades, Jeff Loeb and artist Tim Sill have been a superstar creative team. The original 12-issue limited series is considered to be the most definitive Batman stories of all time. They are now reuniting for a new postscript to their classic story, just in time for Halloween. They are going to create a 48-page one-shot, which is going to kick off from where the series left off. So this is going to pick up. It's going to be a new story set in the long Halloween world. And basically they're going to, um, they're basically saying this, there might be more to the story than we know. I'm pretty excited. Um, I know that if these two guys are coming back to their work, they're not going to, hopefully they're not, they're not going to mess it up. You don't come back to something like long Halloween unless you have an amazing idea. Cause why would you even mess with that? You're getting money. <laughs> or are you getting that money, baby? Listen, it's been 30 years. We keep asking you to make a sequel. We're willing to pay you. <laughs> You're going to pay you. <laughs> All the money. <laughs> um, speaking of money, Black Widow set a pandemic record. As far as uh, it might have gone up by this point, but it made $80 million at the domestic box office. $60 million on Disney+. Plus. Well deserved. Better event. Man, um, that's pretty dope. And also, it's just not dope for Black Widow and Marvel, but it's like we're kind of, our world is getting slightly back to normal. We're going to the yeah. movies, we're feeling more comfortable, numbers are going down. So that's pretty great. The what if trailer, guys? What if? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's what I'm hyped about. Mm-hmm. Star Lord. What if Killmonger saves Tony Stark before getting blown up by that missile? What if the vision? has all the Infinity Stones. How do you guys feel about this What If trailer? Yes, same, same. It is great stuff. I remember, I never had a What If comic, but I would look at them as I go to the stores and I'm like, yo, what if? Like, these are pretty dope. Like, they, they yeah, I'm, I'm all for this. Like, I'm ready for this. I'll say this. The, the What If series has actually saved comic book movies for me. Because when I go in and I watch a film that just can't set well with me, I dub it a what-if film. Hmm. Like, what if Superman <laughs> went around cracking villains necks? Okay. Wonder Woman just destroys somebody against the wall and there's blood. Yeah. What yeah. if? What if? Okay. <laughs> what if Zack Snyder was given the reins to all of DC? Here we go. Zach Snyder. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, Zach. Listen. Zach, there's some, there's some things... There's things that are a must on this podcast. That Zack Snyder, McFarlane, and Venom. Yep. Chris, how are you feeling about this? Oh man, I think they're they're not they're not tied down by anything. They can do whatever they want, however they want. I, you know, I collected a lot of comics, but what ifs were the only ones that I actually read mm-hmm. when I was younger because they were one shots. You could pick them up anywhere, and it's just. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good time. And I'm super, like, counting the days. I haven't been excited for a series like this since Invincible. So I'm really excited. What's cool about everything you guys said is what makes this special. But also, if it's not just a cool series, like, if it's some way ties into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, like, right? Like, like, if it ties in. Animatrix. And how, yes, Mm -hmm. Animatrix tied into the movies. What if this isn't just, here's some fun stuff, but it's like, no, 
for those of you that are going to get into this, we got something special and it's going to tie into where we're going in the next phase. I want to know if they're there. I mean, what I liked about it is they also introduced a character who we've been teasing at the fandom level has been in all of the series, except for cut from blade, the watcher. Ooh. Oh, okay. Ooh. It's been, it's been fandom teased that Stan Lee has been the watcher. And I heard that. Wow. Well, well, did they have a, a cut scene where Stan Lee was there with them? With the Watchers? Yeah, I forgot which one it was, but yeah, he was sitting there like, was it, was it Guardians? like explaining to them. Think about yeah. it in Guardian. And he was like like sitting there, sitting down, like explaining to them what happened or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like I'm 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 there for the show, but like I'm there for those Easter eggs. Like the that yeah. connects the world. Because that's what Mar- Marvel set us up to expect that. I'll say this. If you guys haven't read the comic, the original Sin. It deals with uh, the Watcher's storyline where he's killed and someone steals his eyeball, which contains everything he's ever seen. And so <laughs> it's a it's a dope ass comic. If you haven't seen that one, Original Sin, look for it. It came out a few years back. David Arbor, who played Red Guardian in Black Widow, he is pitching a Red Guardian story. He has two ideas. One is that he, a, a prequel kind of showing like his adventures as Red Guardian that we didn't see in the movie. Yeah, more like misadventures. The misadventures of Red Guardian. <laughs> and another one, which is interesting, is that, you know, he gets word about what happens in Endgame. But in his mind, Hawkeye pushed Black Widow off the cliff. So he says, mm-hmm. what about a show or a movie where he's hunting Hawkeye? And we'll, we'll pick that up. We'll, we'll pick, we'll that, pick up, that up. Because I feel like yeah. they, I feel like they're ahead of him on that. But yeah, yeah. We'll pick that up. And for the last bit of news, director, filmmaker, just brilliant creative mind, Richard Donner passed away at 91 years old. I mean, I can't even tell you how this man impacted my life, and I'm sure, you know, all of our lives. He uh, directed, of course, Superman, the movie that set the stage for everything. We would not have a Marvel Cinematic Universe, at least the way it is, without Superman starting this whole thing. And it was the vision of Richard Donner to make us believe that a man can fly. You know, they weren't sure if they wanted this thing to be a slapstick comedy. They were all over the place until Richard Donner came on board and set the vision straight. This man has also directed, I mean, The Omen, The Goonies, Lethal Weapon, Scrooge, this guy. He is a filmmaker. He can jump into any genre and and make it work and make it entertaining. I mean, one of the best most iconic episodes of Twilight Zone, William Shatner on the plane, he directed that episode. I mean, this guy has been in the game forever. And as geeks, we salute you, Richard Donner. Thank you for your art. You made these geeks believe that a man can fly, and we have been believing ever since. Now, the debate. Drums, drums, drums. I really gotta get my.
<laughs> okay, so this is strictly for movies and TV shows. We've had yeah. many team ups and teams. Team ups like Justice League, the Avengers, and teams like the X Men. What character in Black Widow fashion, in Wolverine fashion, would you like to see get their own spinoff movie or series? I was thinking, and this is not my answer, but I was thinking it would be really funny to get a Groot origin story where we're set on a planet of Groot. And, and the, whole, the whole movie, no one says anything except for, I am Groot for two and a half hours. Yes. It would probably have to be subtitled and you probably wouldn't watch it, Lawrence, but how? I don't like to read. You know, people would watch it though. And they get they would get the best actors on the planet to voice these lines. <laughs> Just say I am Groot. So that's your honorable mention. That's my honorable mention. Are you guys familiar with the comic The Last Ronin? So The Last Ronin is this, it's a new comic line. It's a Ninja Turtles comic. And basically what it is, it, I, I would like to see this film made because it's dealing with one of the Ninja Turtles. I won't give it away. It's spoiler alert. <clears throat> three oh, no. Yeah, no, okay. yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, yeah. Three right. of the four died. And so we're watching this one guy on his hero's quest to avenge his fallen brothers a decade earlier. And it's dark. It's Eastman. It's the original creators are making the storyline. It's dark. It's it's pretty good content. Mm, and you, and he's got one. he's got everybody's weapons, which is also just sick. And yeah. when you find out who who the last Ronin is, it's kind of perfect. What's great about that is since you're not adapting a comic, you're spinning off from the movies. We would go from this like Secret of the Ooze type fanfare. And then that spinoff would be the darkest thing we've ever seen. <laughs> Kids would be like, Mom, what is not what I That's fantastic, Jay. That's a good pull. What you guys got, Chris? So mine would be uh, Panthro from Thundercats. I'd like to see him get a Snake Eyes style origin story Ooh. because he's, a, he's like a master tech. He's a warrior. He's all this awesome stuff. And I felt like he was the coolest one at Thundercats. You know, Lionel was a kid trapped in an adult's body. He was whiny and annoying and impulsive. <laughs> and Panthro was just got yeah. down to business. You know, with, I, I like to see, you know, with, 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 the, with the spike suspenders and the nut checks, I think it'd be dope. Uh, that's dope. So what you're saying is you're into BDSM? Okay, but uh, what else? Hey! 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 sponsor. Hey! 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 But my my I I would like to see um, Deadshot. I would like to see the softer side of Deadshot dealing with his with his uh, daughter. Oh, because I feel like that'll be a good. I feel like that'll be a good series. And you would keep Will Smith, or you would uh, recast it? Uh, I don't know. Like I really I want to I want to see Idris Elba. I'm gonna be honest with you. Oh, right, so you want to do Bloodsport? So wait. You're kicking Will Smith out of his role and you going to cast... <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm think I'm a bigger Idris Elba fan. Like, I'm, you know. Okay. Okay. So then you want to do a Bloodsport uh, spinoff. Or do you Blood want Sport? Idris Elba? That's who he's playing in the new Suicide Squad. Oh, he's playing Bloodsport. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. I, thought he was, I thought he was dead shot. It's very, very similar. It's, it's very, very similar. Very it's pretty much like if Will Smith was available... Uh-huh. That would have probably been his role in the movie. It seems like it. 
But now he's Bloodsport in uh, the new Suicide Squad. Similar storyline? Yes. Yes. Like, yes. 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 Rich, it's that your scenario. Just, just rewrite all of Suicide Squad. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just rewrite everything. Don't worry about it. Because I, I think I think they might have thought about recasting Will, but then uh-huh. down the line they're like, if we make more of these, we can have Deadshot and Bloodsport. Like let's. Uh, that's kind of okay. What? Well, Bloodsport me. Off. I guess Bloodsport, but can he be Deadshot anyway? I mean, sure. he, we're gonna recast. I like it yourself. Eat yourself, but yes, that's what I like. That's what I want. Just redo the whole thing. Fair make enough. it a series. I'll be into it. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I have an honorable mention first. Uh, I would I, I would love to see what would have been a cyborg movie. Um, for those of you who don't know, Ray Fisher got into some, I don't want to call it beef, just, just a lot of conflict around Warner Brothers, Jeff Johns, and Joss Whedon. So that cyborg movie we would have gotten is probably never going to happen, at least not with him. So I'd be curious to see like what that cyborg movie would have been especially since he was supposed to be in Flashpoint and now Cyborg is no longer in Flashpoint. So I'd be curious about that. Um, This was a tough one for me, guys. (laughs) This is a tough one. Um, So this is going to probably sound really random, but the CW, right? The Arrow show had a character named John Diggle, who everyone alluded that would be Green Lantern. He's that world's Jon Stewart. So I would love a series where we see John Diggle become that world's John Stewart. At the end of Arrow, he actually opens a box and it's glowing green. We don't know what's in the box, but it's like, this is what might happen. So I would love to see a spinoff series where he takes on the ring and becomes like Green Lantern of that world. In, in the CW universe or like a Netflix type or... HBO Max show spun out. They, yep. I'd like yeah. to see so, that. If he opened a box like he was being engaged to, didn't the ring kind of just like come to them? Like, they didn't just like, hey, it's a CW ring. That's a really good point. He found the ring on that, and it's going green. But apparently, when he comes back, he he says he turned it down. And I got to see like because he comes back and I'm Supergirl in the Flash, one of those shows. That's my spinoff. Wait, but can they turn it down though? Once they once they're once they're chosen, they're kind of like yeah. That's my that's story. What okay, turn it down, and then we get into the series. So he would be proposed to by the uh, Green Lantern Corp, <laughs> but he would he would initially say no, but keep the ring in like his dresser drawer and do what? He like just go out fighting crime as a normal oh. person? No, so he's like he's like one of those chicks that says no but keeps the ring. Oh, yes. that's the worst yes. Ooh. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, I don't know if that's my um, my spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> but more or less, you know, because in the show, he, he's a member of Team Arrow. He becomes Spartan. He has his own kind of heroic story. And he also is a member of Argus, which is like that world's shield. So I think at that point, at the end of the series... He doesn't want to be a part of a team. He doesn't want to be affiliated to anything. He just wants to be a father and a husband and maybe help on the side. So when this ring shows up, it's like, yo, I just, I just fought in crisis. I just saved the universe. I don't want this, but it wants you. Right. 
So did it float to him in a box? Okay. <laughs> okay. Can we talk about how Rich is is, is recasting <laughs> Deadshot no, with the no, actor that's no, playing no. Bloodsport? No, 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 no. <laughs> to be a spin-off in the same universe? Yours is better. Because <laughs> he's essentially being proposed to. Will you be my Green Lantern first? Like, you need romance in these movies, Rich. <laughs> what, what are we with that little bit of romance? So let's get into why we're here. <laughs> uh, good, good, good debate, guys. Um, Black Widow. Let me give you this little brief, very, very brief recap. Basically, the movie picks up with a very young Natasha and her sister and her family. And we in Ohio. In Ohio, Midwest. And uh, we quickly find out this is not, they're not a real family and then they're called to go back to Russia. Although it seems like they're chased out of America because it's not an easy trip out. They almost right. die, jump in a plane, action ensues. They land and pretty much the family is separated. Did we say spoilers Black. going into this? Spoiler alert for those Spoiler of you who have watched Black Widow. Yeah. Please prepare pause. to have it ruined. Or you can just hit pause <laughs> and watch it and come on back. Go watch it. Um, and basically, the movie picks up after the events of Civil War. Uh, so Black Widow's on the run. Ross is after her, uh, along with the government, because she's part of the section of the Avengers that I guess, you know, defected from the government. And then she pretty much, her, her sister's out fighting and she finds out through another uh, Black Widow soldier that they all mind controlled. Gives Black Widow the thing that cures the mind control. They meet up, they go on adventure, their family reunites, and they basically go and take down the person that's been in control of the Widows and um, pretty much that team of assassins. And then we end in a way that we can easily get into the Marvel films that have already been shot. Very, very brief recap, because I don't want to waste too much time. I want to get into this. I enjoyed it. I was very satisfied. I think this movie would have been one of the best Marvel films if it came out in 2014, <laughs> when it yeah. probably should have. Yep. Um, that being said, I think the first half was pretty dope. And then we'll get into how I feel about how the second half kind of, I think, falls off the rails a bit. What you guys think? I liked it. I think uh, they, Black Widow is probably the least interesting of the Avengers. So for that- Least point, interesting than Hawkeye? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're equally, they're equally useless and boring. <laughs> but but uh, I think they did a good job of keeping her in a scope where, you know, in a spy scope where they didn't put her against some big superpower villain where I'm rolling my eyes. I'm like, all she does is jump around and land in a pose. How is she going to go against this? But because of who they chose as her villain, it made her much more of a likable character. Not that I disliked her. I just always felt like in the Avengers scale, like, really, which what's her purpose? This gave her purpose. I enjoyed it a lot. And like Lauren said, I echo that 100%. If this would have came out, you know, when it was supposed to come out, right after Civil War... I think it'll be that much more impactful. And I th actually think this is a better movie than uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah, I second that. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of the least Avengery type Avenger films. Right. Which, yeah. which works to its benefit. It's, it's way more in the tone of, uh, you know, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. You got a spy, espionage, thriller instead of comedy action. Right. And it still has comedy action, but that's not the the backbone of the piece. 
Right. And she couldn't, you know, she's not Thor. She's not Hulk. She's not, she's not that big thing, you know? So she needs something that's a little more tangible to who her character is. And that's what they gave her, which works. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the, uh, the dynamic of the family when they got back together and just, just her whole, the, the telling of her story as a child and what they had to go through to become widows and, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that she had to deal with the, uh, with the pains of not just that family, but also with losing the Avengers and then coming to grips with that whole thing. I enjoyed the action. I, I enjoyed the, the back and forth with the, between the characters and yeah, it, was pretty, it, was, it was dope. I liked it. I thought this movie, as I echoed, I, I thought it was great. I think it kind of pisses me off that it, it came out when it came out mm. because it feels like it's such a response to Wonder Woman proving that a female-led superhero movie could be successful. And then them fast-tracking Captain Marvel because, you know, we need that for the universe. And it's like Black Widow's been here since Iron Man 2. And Marvel has been so successful as you uh, as using their characters to segue into different genres. You know, we got magic, we got space exploration, we got straight up just superhero-ness. And it's like Black Widow could have been the thing to, to, to answer Mission Impossible or the Jason Bourne movies. This could have been the thing that's like straight up shield, straight up like secret agent stuff sprinkled into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this movie should not have been good. Like, we should not have liked this. To follow a character who we know dies and sacrifices her life should make all the stakes in this movie feel like it doesn't really matter. But the filmmakers do such a great job of making us care for her and care for her family. And I'm like, how much more impactful would this have been in Endgame, in, in, in Infinity War, Endgame, you see her die after seeing this story or even a sequel to this movie. Like, and then you see her die. I mean, it would have been just even more impactful, her sacrifice. I feel like they don't care. They didn't care about Black Widow, right? We, we had a whole series of WandaVision, watching Wanda mourn Vision. We have, we have a, Spider-Man, uh, uh, a Spider-Man movie where he pretty much is mourning Tony Stark. And in Endgame, we get two seconds of Hulk yelling and Hawkeye mourning. Two seconds. Like, no one talks about Black Widow. And her death was the most important one. She had to sacrifice herself for that stone. Right. Willingly. And it's like, she gets no love. And in this movie, I felt like, yo, if this came out in 2014, right after Civil War, even before Civil War, if they found a way for this to come out right after the first Avengers movie, and then we get into her story, dude. So uh, watching this movie, I was very disappointed in just the way this character was handled. Very disappointed. I think that she could have been such a bigger influence in this universe than she's given credit for. And she should have, Black Widow should have been the first female-led superhero movie. Yeah, absolutely. So you know how we talked about Falcon with the Soldier, how we felt it got really, really preachy at the end? Mm -hmm. And I felt like I got that same feeling from Miss Marvel saying, yes, you know, I'm a woman, but women can do everything and blah, blah, blah. I didn't get that from Black Widow. I felt like Black Widow stood, proves you could have a strong female lead without having to constantly point, wave a flag, like, look, I'm a woman and I'm the lead. She's doing that without, just by her own merit, just by being who she is, that gives you that strong female role model while having to poke attention to it every five minutes. 
And for that made me enjoy the movie so much more because it's like, you know, I can appreciate her for who she is without feeling being preached to all the time. And that's why I, I really, really wish this would have came out first. I really wish because, you know, I feel like if she this would have come out first, she may have had more places to go because I'd watch a sequel to this. Now mm-hmm. we got our, our, our end credits scene. We know where the, where the movie's going to go in the end credits. But I'm almost to the point where I wish that they could have, you know, led a point where, you know, be, you know between Civil War and between uh, Endgame, where they could have had another adventure. Because I, yeah. I would gladly have watched that. Gladly have watched that. In this movie, you see where they start tripping over themselves. It's great with the family. It's great with her origin. It's great with her getting back in the game and looking at with her sister. But it trips over themselves when we get to the second half of the movie where we're dealing with the Red Room, where we're dealing with Taskmaster, where we're dealing with the action because they have to choose villains and choose an adventure that will have no effect on future movies or things we've already seen. Yeah. And, and, and how do you raise the stakes throughout a movie knowing that you can only raise them so far? So you have to have a scene where the villain monologues and she stands there listening. You have to have a character like Taskmaster pretty much just obliterated and, and diluted because you can't red guardian you have to make him a joke halfway through or we start going like well where were you when the world was ending and we needed all the heroes mm-hmm. were you not you talk about captain america so much did you just like sit on the bench well and and about having a desire yeah but maybe he blipped out i'm talking about before that when they all were like we got to go to wakanda we need all hands on deck where are you? Hmm. And he didn't exist. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if they showed a, like his fight with Taskmaster in the movie was such a letdown because I'm like, y'all know if you showed, like if you showed the strength, his real strength, if you made him a beast, we would right. really be like, well, where were you? <laughs> right. Cause, cause all Taskmaster's ability is, is to mimic someone's fighting style. But yeah. Red Guardian's a super soldier. You know, he's an actual super soldier. So I can mimic you, but if I don't have the power behind the punch, I'm not going to be a match for you. You might be a match, but you won't be as strong, you know? Right. Also, I think I got mixed feelings on Taskmaster in general. And it's not because they cast um, Olga in it uh, and a female. But Devil's Advocate, there's never been this version of Taskmaster in any comic ever. But here's, here's here's where I've got... The Taskmaster actually has a really kind of interesting uh, backstory. Taskmaster was this kid who, uh, growing up, realized he could mimic anything. And so he joins S.H.I.E.L.D. as an adult. He becomes one of the dopest freaking S.H.I.E.L.D. agents there are. And in a battle, he gets um, access to a, a Nazi experimental super soldier serum where the doctor goes... Listen, man, this will enhance your ability and it'll make your mind twice as sharp. You'll never forget anything. And so he takes the serum. But it was kind of a lie because what it happens is now every time he memorizes a new fighting style, he loses a part of his human memory, his past, mm. which is why he's kind of got this crazy form of amnesia and starts selling himself as a mercenary because he doesn't know who he is. He, so he's kind of got this cool origin story that's just totally thrown away. And I'm not saying it in what they did in the film didn't work. But I'm like, no, I, part of me just felt like it was a, a shame to lose something. I don't know, kind of cool and special in his own right. He, here, here's why it didn't work. So basically, 
I think I think it did fall short because we get we're introduced to the one of the a dope villain that we want to see come back, but you know it can't come back. So you got you y'all want to bring Taskmaster in, but you got to figure out how to make it one and done. Well, except right. for they left Taskmaster open ended. Technically, Man, she, could she could come back, but she got her memory back. She said thank you. Her story was wrapped up. Yeah, but she's still who she is. But it, but that version, this 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 one to be feared. You know, we we because she's not coming back. We know that we have like five more movies where she doesn't pop but, up. I mean, they basically at the end of this, they just handed the mantle of Black Widow over to the sister character. Yes, you know. So yeah, who's yeah. going to say? So that I mean, Chris brought up a great point. Had this movie come out when it probably should have come out, there would have been a sequel because it would have been successful. Yeah. And so now, listen, they, I, and I think they know that. So your sequel is going to be the sister character who was mad and daring and everyone loved her after one movie. But she, she's going to be in the uh, the Hawkeye series on Disney+. Oh, Plus. That's right. She's, so, she's, 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 so she's going to be the villain? I don't know. Yeah. Or hunting, be, you know. Yeah, but they'll come together yeah. at the end because they're both heroes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We see Valentina at the end of the, the post credit scene where she pretty much shows, you know our new Black Widow, right? Uh, Hawkeye. Right. It's funny because uh, this was supposed to come out before uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. So by the time we see her in Falcon Winter Soldier, we're supposed to be like, oh, shoot, instead of like, what, what are you doing? Right. Um, which I I don't know if it impacts it differently, but I think in Falcon Winter Soldier, they wrote her in as if we know who she is by now. Mm. You know, yeah. which this one was a much cooler uh, introduction of her just kind of popping out of nowhere. Right, but yeah, man. I think I think the movie falls apart, man. I, and it, it, it's a Marvel thing too that I, I, I have a love hate relationship with the need for humor when the dramatic stakes get higher. Like they're in the plane, and it's funny. He's like, "What are you on your period?" You know, um, Red Guardian, and they're like, "No, our reproductive organs were pulled out of us." And that could have been a moment. <laughs> that is, it's a tough, tough, an awkward position to put it. <laughs> that could have been a moment. That could have been, they didn't have to have the girls kind of banter and make it funny. That could have been a real moment because that's actually happening around the world in different countries where reproductive rights. And it's like, you don't have to make everything a joke. Like we can, we, it's okay if it gets a little uncomfortable. We're about to have a family dinner where it's about to be funny. It's okay if like some things can land a little bit. Not to jump too hard on that, but the Thor Ragnarok, man, I feel like the stakes of that film were so high, so poignant. And every time they're about to drive it home, they just sold it for the cheap punchline. And I was like, Mm -hmm. it it hurt me so bad that they threw away the stakes of that film almost every chance they got. Every and, And Black Widow doesn't do it to that degree. But like... And we've seen this in movies. It's our expectation, you know. Uh, the little sister's in the bedroom. Like, her only family she knows is, like, not what it is. And she sees it right. for what it is. And then her father figure comes in and starts singing that song, man. And the, that connection is just there. And then the agents, then the, the Russians pull up. And he stands up like, I'm going to defend my family. And instead of seeing him be the father figure, seeing him fight, seeing a continuation of, I am your father... He gets shot with a bunch of darts and passes out. And I'm like, for the joke. Honestly, but I I think it goes back to the other thing you're saying is if we show this guy being as strong as he probably should be, 
Mm-hmm. How do we justify him not being around for when? And also his his whole hero's journey is this desire to be a hero. You know, so if we see the hero who he is, how do we justify that that guy didn't go get involved on some level? So you got to water him down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, or you just don't know how to utilize him. You know, it's like that was the problem for me with uh, Captain Marvel. And, you know, when she was finally in the team, it made no sense for her to she they dumbed her powers down so much to make her viable to be working with a team in the first place. Like this will tear the planet apart. (laughs) Why is she slowing down? Yeah. Sometimes uh, heavy hitters in a group dynamic, it's hard to figure out how to use them properly. So just disengaging them is is, is maybe the best option. It's a consistent problem that I think we see in superheroes. When you have overpo- overpowered characters with underpowered characters, they have to kind of level a playing field somehow across the board. And sometimes when the way they level it isn't to the audience's benefit. It's like what they do with the... Um, you know, the Mortal Kombat game where they have all the superheroes fighting together? You know, the, uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, everyone is equally powered. And I feel like they we, we get that a lot in these movies because, you know, you can't... They, they have to make it go on. They have to have the story arc. And if things were the way they were, you know, right. Superman would just destroy everything or yeah, Captain yeah, Marvel right. would just destroy yeah. everything. So they so have to is going to take Superman yeah. out. But, exactly. I, but, I, but I think that's not the case here because Red Guardian is a super soldier... He's not all powerful. I think it's just you know that you can't justify why he doesn't pop up somewhere else. And you see the right. thread, like even at the end. So Black Widow, why don't you get on the plane with your family? Why do you stay and say, I'll handle Ross? I know why, because we need you to be in place for when Infinity War happens. So we can't have you logically go off with your family and evade the person you've been running from this entire movie. Honestly, that made so little sense. Made like, no even, sense. Even if you're not sticking around, you'll still just get in the plane. Just get in the plane. Like, why would you not get in the plane? Right. Um, and that's one of those things where it's like, and then she says, I'll deal with them. And we don't even, like, how did you deal with them? Because we know oh, you get like, away. She ran, she ran away right. on foot. On foot. <laughs> 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 so you're telling me, that the world is ending. Thanos appears. Wakanda is fighting. And there's like a hundred trained assassins, former Black Widows, that don't get in the game. Like, so they're not... Who are all looking for redemption. Who are all looking for redemption. And then the one... And she knows they're there. Yeah. And the one who saved you is an Avenger, famous, and is fighting this war. And not one of them goes. And that's that's the issue when you have a shoehorned prequel. Yep. You can't answer these questions. How dope would it see to have like a whole Black Widow squad, squad land on like some of these bad guys, like make like Thanos' crew, and then just they just, you know, murk them. Murk them. Yeah, that'd be and, so and you dope. know what would have happened if this had come out when it probably should have come out. Yeah, but now, let me ask this one, guys. Clearly, and, and this is all over the internet too. Uh, the better late than never sentiment. Yeah. Right? But what about the film? How's the film? The film's actually not bad. It's pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. Very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, so and- the, the, the thing that bothers you more than the film itself is just the idea and the timing of how it got dealt with. The idea right. and the timing and that the things that are in the film that I felt were loose would not be. 
Like, you know, Red Guardian's character would have had a, a stronger arc. The ending would have made more sense. It would have been more cohesive if it came out earlier because they wouldn't have been forced to like, we can't do this and we can't do that. There's a better movie in this good movie that they would have easily told had their hands not been tied behind their back. If I was Scarlett Johansson, I would be livid because this movie, the, the, the she proved that she can carry the movie, that her character can carry the movie, and that it should have came out a long time ago. And they really screwed her out of a they really screwed her out of a franchise. Let's be frank. You know, she had her own franchise, but she could have had the same treatment as Iron Man or or Thor, and yeah. I would have watched it. And if you had told me, you know, a year ago about that, I'd be like, eh, I don't know. But after seeing this, I'm converted. I'm a believer. Dude, let's let's talk about them fight scene. Like, because when you do like Mission Impossible, Jason Bourne type stuff, you get fight scenes like between her and her sister in that house where it's just that gunplay and it's violent and they're throwing each other around. And like Black Widow can give us something that the other movies can't because it has to be grounded in reality. It's a spy thriller. Spy thriller. Um, And Winter Soldier is great. But not every Captain America movie can be a spy thriller. But every freaking Black Widow movie could be this spy thriller. Right. And I'll be, I'm on board for it, 100%. This is why, I, honestly, I think that it, the success of this film, I would be surprised if they don't take the sister character and do what they probably should have been doing with this character. Mm. I'm like, yeah. why do you think that sister character got so much screen time and in a way where there's no way the audience wasn't endeared to her. Oh, you yeah. loved her. You loved oh, her. Oh, yeah, she was great. Set her up to yeah. be loved. Florence, if you're listening, you're always welcome on the show. I personally love you, so <laughs> there's always a spot here for you. I feel like we're just losing sponsors we don't have. <laughs> As your wife peeks around the corner. <laughs> Rich, you've been quiet, man. What do you think about all this stuff? I mean, y'all are saying everything that's on my mind. I mean, this movie should have came out um, when it when it showed up, first again they they downplayed the guardian, which they do in a lot of movies. Like you put you put a guy in there, or you put a, a a hero in there, or a villain that you know is powerful that should be knocking people out, and then they kind of make them they kind of tone down the power just for the scene or for that uh, scenario. Yeah, like he should have definitely instead of getting shot with darts, like he should have like ran out there and started messing some dudes up because these were just. These weren't like superhumans coming after him. He was just like regular people in like suits and guns. That's yeah. it. Like he should have been knocking them out. He should have been. And they proved how strong he was at the beginning. Yes. When um he had to move that when he had to move that, that dumpster out of the way. He still like, was like, saw, yeah, yeah. He just flipped it like it was nothing, and you saw how heavy it was because it, it, it didn't bounce. Like stopped with like hanging a on the side of an airplane like it's nothing. Like I'm gonna do yeah. the whole ride like this. Like you got you got this dude proving how strong you what how strong he is in the movie but then you get to like key points where he should have been showing how strong he is and it's just like meh we, we throw, we're gonna throw comedy in and we're gonna make him you know yeah. like a little bit of a joke yeah. and I echo what Jack said like in his main desires to be a hero and be better than Captain America right <laughs> so it's like I didn't I see him talk about it but I didn't see him like now you got the suit on you got the chance and you want to make it funny, have him pick up something like it's a shield and throw it. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, just watch him try. Or even scoff at it, like, who used this stupid thing and then do something different? Yeah. yeah. Tear, tear, like, the garbage lid in half and start just yeah. working people with it. Um, 
we only got so much time. Let's talk about the things that, that we enjoy. We talked about what could have been. Let's talk about the things we liked and things we didn't like just for this movie. Relationship dynamics in the film are great. Yeah. The yeah. family yeah. dynamic, mm-hmm. um, it takes them a while to agree to it, but the payoff is, again, great. To, to me, that's what makes the film. The The relationship dynamics is where the heart of the film is. That's where the, the comedy is organic. Yeah. And it's a spy film. So anytime you have a spy film, uh, I'm down. Yeah, I like I like the misdirection where we thought, you know, the mom, uh, uh, Lena, was going to cross them and then she yeah. did it. It was cool. Like, I, it worked for me. And you wearing know, the like mask, it. like, like yeah. Mission Impossible. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was actually the one moment that upset me. It took me out for a moment because she's finally in the red room and she's and it, it felt like Iron Fist where she's finally where she wanted to be the entire film and she's not doing the one thing she said she was going to do when she got there. And it pissed me off. <laughs> Up until the point, they said it's the all part of her plan. It's <laughs> yeah. all part of her plan. And yeah, then I was like, yeah. okay. Okay, let me just simmer down here a little bit. I love the sisters' relationship, man. Their banter. Like we said, like making fun of the posing. Like, who lands like this? And like, just making fun of the fact. Because that's what we do as siblings, you know? Like, oh, you're an Avenger. You just crack jokes about it. Um, I like they set up, like, she is famous. She is a superhero. Right. And through her sister's eyes, it's like, you know, you chose them over me. I, lo- I just love that relationship. That might be, with the exception of maybe Peter Parker, Tony Stark, that might be one of my favorite MCU relationships. Yeah. And I, yeah, I like the, 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 the family dynamic. And then when she was getting upset, when everyone was like pretty much crap talking to family, how they're not family mm-hmm. at the dinner table. And she kind of stormed away. Like I felt that because you know, sometimes, you know, families, they get into squabbles and it's like, you're trying, you're trying to have this moment where it's like, you know, this is your, like, you remembering your family as being like a tight, cohesive group. Like, this is what you remember. But then you're seeing, like, you know, the reality of it all. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's, that's, that's pretty much how it falls down in reality with, with a lot of people. Like, you, you, you like to have your family be tight-knit and everything. You, you kind of remember them a, a certain way of growing up. But then, you know, when you kind of sit down and think about it, like, yo, my family's kind of messed up. That's why it hits then, so hard. But, it's so yeah, rude. that's why it hits, yeah. But then, you know, it all came, it all came together. Because even what a messed up family, you know, it's like your family's your family. Like, whether it's the one that you created, the one you're born with, you know, either you stick by them or you don't. And I like how Toretto pops in. Yeah. Family. <laughs> Ain't nothing stronger, nothing stronger than family. <laughs> <laughs> I, was waiting, I was waiting for a, for a joke about that. <laughs> family. Yo, the effects in this, the action, yo, when... When she jumps off the helicarrier or whatever, and like yeah, they're fighting while falling, falling, that was cool. That was fire. I'll also say this: if the, again, man, the placement of this film coming out, if we'd seen her doing stuff like that earlier, then yeah. we'd, we'd know she'd what be she doing do. more stuff like that later. Yeah, yeah. Let you've never that. seen you've never never seen her on that kind of tip. If we yeah. would get, if we would have saw that earlier. We would never go, why is she fighting in this intergalactic war? We like, y'all better be careful. Y'all better be careful. Black Widow's a beast. Let me ask you guys a question. With multiverses happening, time travel happening in the MCU, do you think they're gonna open the door for Black Widow to come back? I hope they here's why I hope they don't bring anybody back. 
the second they start bringing Tony Stark, listen, I want to see him back. Of course, I want to see Robert Downey Jr. back. But the second they start bringing Tony Stark back, Black Widow back, Yondu back, any of these dudes who died the hero's death, suddenly when it happens in the future, nothing matters. When you, it's, it's, you know, it's the catch 22. I don't want to see Superman dead forever, but when you bring him back, I don't trust that he's ever going to die, die, die again. It's like Loki. Loki can die a million times. I'm never going to be worried about it. We're going to talk about that on our Loki episode. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, Marvel, that's what they don't do, right? They don't kill characters off. Like they, 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 they play it pretty safe. So when they, they did kill Black Widow, when they did kill those characters, if they don't stay dead, man, it, it, it invalidates everything. Yeah. And, they, oh, and, they, yeah. and, and they already got away with it with Gamora. That Gamora came back because it's an alternate timeline Gamora. You can do that with one character. I'm cool. And her death was tragic, but, but Black Widow's death was so heroic and so mm-hmm. sacrificial. It's like, eh, don't undo that. Yeah. Just yeah, make it matter it now. Her death should have, should like Ned Stark, Game of Thrones. It should matter for the duration of this entire universe. Not Jon yeah. Snow. Not Jon Snow. Literally uh, the next episode. Like he came back. The next episode. <laughs> he came right back. Like, he came right the back. next episode. Man. Don't yeah, because that. her death was really a sacrifice. Like she made a constant decision to give yes. herself up. Whereas opposed to, you know, where Gamora, she was pushed off the edge. Like, yeah, take that. Take one for the team, you know? So, yeah, her 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 death was a little bit more meaningful than Gamora's and bringing her back would kind of just take me away from that. Yeah. And then Hawkeye has a whole story now where right. he wished it was him. Like, you undo too much by bringing her back. Yeah, yeah. And then the sister dealing with, uh, I mean, I would, I would rather her stay gone. Uh, I enjoyed the movie. Thought it was great, which it came out in 2014. I thought the end got a little wonky, but... I'll take what I can get at this point because what they did accomplish, I thought they accomplished extremely well. Final thoughts? Yeah, definitely glad it's part of the canon now. Totally recommend seeing it. Yeah, same. I mean, if, if you haven't watched it by now, what are you doing? Like, get off your ass. Get into the movie theater. Get it on Disney+. Plus. Like, you have no excuse. Do everything but pirate it. Also, say, if we want more content like this, then we have to support it. It's, it's yeah, like any yeah. anything that there is a deficit of out there, whether that's race, cultural, or sex, the only way to get more of it is just to support it in mass. Improve the execs wrong, that, the, yeah. that minorities can not only carry a movie, but that it can be an international success. Yeah, absolutely. Chris? I recommend it. Watch it. Uh, my only regret is it didn't come out when it didn't, it didn't come out years ago. That's it. Yeah. It was a good movie. Yeah. Good movie. And that's not a bad critique. Loving a movie so much you wish it came out 10 years ago is not a bad critique at all. All right. Recommendations. I need a recommendation. You got to give Chris a whole theme song for this, man. We got to yeah. Yep. All right. So what I pulled today, obscure 80s and 90s cartoons that I think are good and can hold up and I recommend to watch. First one is Reboot. The first commuter animated cartoon. Watch it. Cool premise. They're inside of a video game. They have to play and beat the player. If they lose, it destroys part of their world. Very, very, very cool. Number two, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. 
based upon the graphic novel. There's a great, great, great um, summary about it on, on on YouTube. I'll tag it in the Instagram. Watch it, but it's a, it's a really, really cool series. It's like dystopian future where there's dinosaurs and then they use like the machine, they use Cadillacs, and it's very, very cool. Watch it. It only lasted, I believe, two seasons. And then um, my last one, I don't know, I might get mixed reviews on this one, but I was a personal, it was a, it was, I personally like it, is SWAT Cats. Two cats. I like SWAT yeah. cats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> two, two, <laughs> two cats. They're mechanics. They live in their city, and they just happen to have like a stealth like fighter. Think of like Airwolf, but cats and a giant. They had secret identities too. They, they were- did have secret identities. Yeah, they did. They did. SWAT cats is dope. Then everything is like cat themed, so it's cool. Now to my recommendations. So. I, I, I picked, instead of picking entire series, I picked episodes that you should watch back because they do not hold up. They're really off the wall, and I can't believe they were me. Number one, there's an episode of Rocco's Modern Life where he's a phone sex operator. <laughs> where and it's, it's like, and on the back it says, like, be hot, be courteous, like, be something. It's just, it's just really weird, and I don't know how that was appropriate for 10-year-old kids. Number two, there's an episode of Rugrats where Grandpa is watching the babies, and he's like, you guys watch Riptar now, and then when you guys go to sleep, I'll be watching Lonely Space Vixens. Grandpa's watching porn. He's telling the kids he's going to be watching porn when they go to sleep. What? And then, and then number three, there's an episode of Alvin and the Chipmunks where the where the chipmunk Alvin and Chipmunks become super popular, and then the reporter comes out and asks Alvin, "How does he feel to be a sex symbol? Why are you asking a chip a child? Number one, a child. Number two, he's a chipmunk. Why are you asking a chipmunk why <laughs> why he's turning out all these women?" That's the problem I have. It's weird. It's a whack recommendation. I love that you remember all of this. That's really <laughs> like the Alvin and the Chipmunk going. Wow, I didn't even. Man. I yeah. Okay. I don't. What a wonderful episode, guys. Man, I love talking about this stuff with y'all. Please like and subscribe. Check us out on social media. We're three brothers and a shot of milk. Follow us, and we'll be back same bat time, same bat channel. We out.